Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Parker Mellinger, 672-0785. Mowing the lawn, working out, walking the dog. It's never been easier to keep your favorite music, current local news, sports, and weather information right there with you. Sheridan Media will keep you company wherever you go with our smartphone apps. Visit SheridanMedia.com app and choose the stations you want. Live streams of your favorite hit music, rock, country, classics, and the best talk shows on the radio, all for free. And with podcasts of Public Pulse in the 90s at 9, you can listen when it fits your schedule. SheridanMedia.com app. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, where we are looking to buy your clean used vehicles, tractors, ATVs, and much more. We will also down trade and do appraisals. Here at Primary Motors, we are a full service dealership offering quality used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Our super trailer store features a wide variety of stock, utility, and cargo trailers. Primary Motors has been making customers happy for decades. See us today at 2305 Coffee and Avenue in Sheridan or online at primarymotors.com. Discover your passion and dive into exciting hobbies this fall with Sheridan College's community interest classes. Whether it's printmaking, painting, fly fishing, jazz, yoga, or more, Sheridan College offers a wide range of options to feed your curiosity. Now is the perfect time to tailor your education to your interests. Enroll online today with just a few clicks. Just go to sheridan.edu slash community. Need assistance? Call one of the friendly advisors today at 307-675-0115. Sheridan College, begin your journey. We're in Sheridan. Chevrolet would like to invite everyone to attend the Sheridan County Fair and support our Sheridan County youth. We're in Chevrolet makes supporting our local youth a top priority, and they will make your buying experience a top priority. Their pre-owned inventory continues to expand, and guess what? These quality vehicles go off the lot as fast as they come on, so don't wait. So after the fair, stop by and experience the wearing way of vehicle buying. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet 107 East Al. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month for news, weather, and emergency information. A new bill in Congress would make sure AM radio remains in cars. Because when cell and internet services are down, this free service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM radio for every vehicle act. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. The Sheridan Police Department has been a busy place, along with the day-to-day work of policing a city. In the last nine months, the PD has established a reserve police officer program and developed part-time dispatcher positions. Joining me this morning to talk about that program and those positions is Sheridan Police Lieutenant Dan Keller and Officer John Mahalik. I said that right, right? Yes, sir. Ah, see, now I owe you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> now, how's the summer been so far, LT? Uh, re- really good. We just got through the rodeo week um, and the community uh, was great partners with us through that. Um, I think it was touched on by some other command staff recently, but yeah, the uh, just overall criminal and disorderly type activity was way down compared to seasons past. 
Um, our activity is picking up a little last couple weeks, but but overall we're having a great summer. And that's fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, when we look back on these events and there's no major incidences, I mean, there's you can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah. Uh, LT, you were heavily involved in the development of the Reserve Officer Program. I was wondering how the whole concept kind of came, came about uh, in in the first place. Sure. Uh, I guess primarily the genesis it was just a, a, a drive to continue to improve our department and to be creative um, and, and to accomplish our mission, essentially, in the best way to do that. So we're always bouncing ideas off the wall. Um, this one got some momentum and stuck, and I did some research on it, and um, it was kind of near and dear to me. Uh, many years ago now, I guess, uh, I started as a volunteer police officer in Indiana. Oh, really? Yeah. So this this was uh, part of your personal history as well? Yeah, it was interesting uh, that the, the use of volunteer reserve police officers is much more common in that in the Midwest than it is out west here. Um, it's just like we frequently see volunteer fire departments here. Um, most uh, smaller agencies there have volunteer reserve police officers, so it's pretty common there. And is that uh, kind of for the same reason why we operate our uh, large events, so that we have a pool to draw from if we need more manpower? It is really used uniquely from department to, bar- to department. They all use them very differently for whatever roles, yeah. Now, how did the process initially get off the ground? You said you guys were throwing some ideas around. Uh, this one stuck. Uh, where do you go from there? Uh, you know, develop policy, have that policy reviewed by uh, our lawyers, right? And, uh, yeah, just, just, just doing it, quite frankly. Um, we got the policies. We got the uh, training guidelines. We uh, looked at other departments. Um, we re- really asked why we're doing it and what lanes we wanted this to, to work through. Um, and, th- and then it was just trying to find, you know, eight, one or two people to, to, to start this p- process with us. And we we're really uh, fortunate to find Officer Mahalik here who uh, had a drive to want to volunteer with us. Are there individuals like yourself where you hold key positions within that reserve program, basically like supervisory positions or, or administrative positions? I kind of oversee the administrative of the reserve program, yeah. I uh, work on getting them hired, uh, hired isn't the right word, <laughs> getting them on board, um, overseeing the training, things like that. Um, because they're a volunteer, uh, I kind of become their super- supervisor because they're not assigned to a full-time team. When you initially started putting this together, was there, is, have you developed an SOP, a standard operating procedure, a binder, something that you could hand to the mayor, the city council, the chief of police, and say, this is the program in a nutshell. Yeah, our, our, our policy has that pretty well, and then the actual training, what, what they're exposed to and things they have to accomplish is, is in a specific binder for the reserve officer also, yeah. Now, how long did it take to get all of this really developed before you could say, okay, it's official, if the names start coming in, I can kick this off? Oh, that's tough to say. It's hard to say when it, you know, when I did an idea became a plan. I don't know. Um, pretty quickly, uh, I'd done some as a as a research paper for a program I was involved into, so I had a lot of the information done with that. Um, I would say probably six months of official planning and meetings, and yeah. That's actually really good. That's that's 
pretty quick. Yeah, uh, well, like I said, I had some personal experience in it, and then the research paper I'd done on the heels of it, it, it kind of made the momentum pretty easy to get going, yeah. Was there anything while you were writing that paper that you found that kind of struck you? Um, nothing too wild. I mean, um, we looked at different models. We, we use a model uh, here uh, where it's strictly a volunteer role and we, we're strictly targeting people who do not want to be full-time police officers. Um, I personally kind of thought that might be the best model. Um, and the, the research uh, that I'd found actually indicated that is a really uh, probably the best model to use. Yeah. As opposed to almost like a recruitment program where you come in, maybe do six or seven months as a reserve officer with the intent yeah. to one day be full-time. Y- yes. Um, so there's that kind of stepping stone model into full-time policing or like paid paid part-time officers. And e- each model has some benefits for sure. Um, but this is the best uh best model for us for sure it uh it just helps us attract people who are we want to attract people who who the motors are really pure they just want to serve the community um i have seen in the midwest when i was there a lot of programs they just become this if you bring somebody on because they want to be a full-time officer if you're going to train them up and if you don't have the opportunity to make them one they're going to go to another department um, very quickly you're going to end up losing them yeah so we say if somebody wants to be a full-time officer we have openings let's become a full-time officer if you um this this gave us a unique way to recruit a different whole different uh pool of recruitment whole different pool of candidates people who are interested in police work have experience in police work but for whatever reason, or a stage in life where they don't want to work shift work, they don't want to do a full-time job, um, they don't want to have to be there every night at 3 a.m., right? Um, but they still have things to offer and still like to learn to be a police officer and serve their community. It give, gives them that opportunity. As far as, as interest from the community, um, how much have you received? A decent amount. Like I said, we uh, actually had to... <laughs> reserve officers, Mr. Mahalik. Uh, another young lady was a reserve officer, and her uh, situation just uniquely changed. And she actually did did come uh, higher on as a full time officer. Like I say, that wasn't our plan, uh, but the situation just it was very unique and worked out really well for both parties. Uh, so, so we've had two reserve officers already, and we have one now. We, we get I, I get a lot of people asking me about it. Um, we haven't made a big push for a while. Again, we kind of wanted to get Officer Mahalik through the whole program to kind of vet out and we can learn what's working well, what's not working well. Um, but we've learned some of those things and uh, Officer Mahalik and I have had a lot of conversations about what's worked great and what we can improve because um, it's kind of unique. We want to expose them to all the same exact training, um, but they kind of set their schedule depending on their time. So we had to set it up more checklist instead of like calendar type uh, training. Checklist as opposed to calendar tr- type. So, uh, could you elaborate on that just sure, a little sure. bit? Sure, sure. When we hire a, a full time candidate, especially somebody with no experience, right? We have this manual of things they have to get through, things we, that we have to know they understand and can do and, and demonstrate. And it's broken down in phases in time because they're there every day full time. Um, with a reserve officer, it, we're not going to tell them because they're volunteering their time that you have to learn all this stuff in the first month, right? Um, so we took some of those time guidelines out. Same material, it's just more free-flowing with their schedule when they have time to come in. Okay, okay. Now, if you were to say uh, that there were benefits to being a reserve officer, what would you list those as? 
Well, I would speak to the benefits of the department, right? And that's why we do anything, is to better the mission of the department. Um, so for, for us, it especially once we get it fully staffed, you know, it just provides, it helps us be a really good resource uh, or steward of the community's resources. Um, it gives us a safety buffer in case staffing is down sometime. Um, it helps bring a different set of eyes and culture into the police department. Um, you've heard us talk about hiring for culture before. Absolutely. Same thing here. We really heavily, and we were really blessed with Mr. Mahalik here. Um, he, he just brought a really good, uh, vast experience and culture to some of our younger officers, which has been fantastic. Um, and it also helps us just with the community aspect. Um, people can have an opinion about the police department, but if their uh, school teacher is a reserve officer and they hear from him, it can really change that. So it just gives us different venues uh, for community relations that we wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so those are kind of the benefits for the police department. It gives, gives a resource that really costs us little to nothing. Um, it can pad our staffing if we see a, a downtrend in staffing. It helps us with special events. It gives us a pool of people to use for that. Um, it brings different expertise and specialties into the department, uh, potentially. So those are all benefits for the department. As far as benefits for the individual reserve officer, I would try to let Mr. Mahalik speak to that. Mr. Mahalik, first off, welcome to the show, and it's great to meet you. Yeah, it's great to be here. If, if I could get you guys to just lean in a little bit on those microphones, thank you so much. So when it comes to, uh, and, and we'll touch on, on your experience and, and your timeline, because uh, sure. pretty substantial. Uh, we'll touch on that after a break, but just uh, building on this question, what are the benefits that a reserve officer gets from this type of service? Well, for me, it's been... Uh, Sheridan has been very welcoming to me and my family and when you go through an entire life of public service you you're driven to kind of give back and for me when uh, Chief Kultiska first talked to me about the program um, I was intrigued but at the same time um, like lieutenant said I didn't want to jump into a reserve program and then them try to pull me into a full-time position because uh, I had already been there and done that and my life in policing is on the downslide so the service part of it is I can speak to other citizens like myself and promote the police department not as a full-time officer as just a member of the community and say hey I worked in a large department, now I'm here in Sheridan, let me tell you why they're doing it correct here. Let me tell you as somebody who's not a full-time officer, so I'm, I'm forced to promote the department, I, I'm, I can walk away at any time, and they've yeah. made that clear to me. It's my time, my schedule, whatever I can do to help is beneficial for both sides. So uh, I believe I'm in a position to become a better person by uh, looking at the police department from both sides of the fence. Absolutely. A huge benefit for both uh, parties involved. We're going to have more with our Sheridan Police Department right after this. Stick with us. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan Area Rural Fire is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Have equipment that works as hard as you do all year long. CNB has a wide selection of compact utility tractors that'll help you get the job done. During CNB's summer blowout event, you can get your own compact utility tractor for zero money down and 0% interest for 84 months. Whether you're mowing, tilling, or thinking about pushing heavy snow, a compact utility tractor is versatile and can help you with any task. This 0% zero money down offer won't last forever. Visit the team of experts or check out the inventory online at DeerEquipment.com. That's D-E-R-Equipment.com. Hi, this is Jet West. I am the John B. Kendrick FFA Chapter President, and I invite you to come to the Sheridan County Youth Market Livestock Sale, Monday, August 7th, 6 p.m. at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. We thank all our buyers and appreciate your time and donation to help us with our projects. This year, we want to give back to you. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is helping us out with a pellet grill to be given away in a drawing, and the Livestock Sale Committee is donating a portion of costs towards processing to one of our great facilities in the area. By purchasing one of the last animals in the sale, you will be eligible to win these great prizes. We thank you again for your time and donation to Sheridan County 4-H and FFA. Hi, this is Christy Kingholm of Buffalo Royalty, and let's talk about 18 Jerome Place on over eight acres of land located close to town off of the TW Road in the Hilton Minor subdivision, and a great view of the Bighorn Mountains and Red Hills. You can purchase the lot if you are planning to build your dream home. Seller is a prominent builder and can build your home for you. Seller has floor plans available to choose from, along with the prices for building. Call me, Christy Kinghorn, at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Hey, it's County Fair time, and that means the fun at the Fair Photo Contest. Presented by Heartland Kubota and Sheridan County Fair Association is back. Share your photos for a chance to win $400 in prizes. Whether you're a participant or just visiting the fair, you can enter. Just upload your photos on the fun at the Fair Photo Contest page at sharedmedia.com. Voting is August 8th and 9th, and the winner by most votes will win $400 in prizes. Enter daily through August 7th. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning is Sheridan Police Lieutenant Dan Keller and Officer John Mahalik. We're discussing the Reserve Police Officer Program currently going on down at the Sheridan PD. Now, LT Keller, when it comes to authority... Uh, some people might think that there's a difference between a reserve officer and a full-time officer, but there really isn't, is there? Uh, Authority-wise, no. They have the same exact arrest powers. Uh, as you, you're either certified to be a police officer or you're not. Um, the reserve aspect is just that they are is more their compensation. It has nothing to do with their authority. They're, they're post-certified, fully trained. Uh, that's what the position is, yeah. And the duties are kind of primarily the same. Yes. 
yeah, they're they're trained to be able to do all the exact same uh, duties as a police officer. Um, that said, they're not in there every day, um, depending on what they want to do. Um, so, so their lanes are a little, their focus is like traffic, backing up the full-time officers and helping us with large-scale events is kind of the pri- their primary um, role. That said, they have the authority and training to do anything needed. Officer Mahalik, you swore in as a reserve officer in March of this year. Uh, how are you enjoying the program all in all? The, the funny thing about the program for me is I came in after swearing in with a ton of experience, hopped into a patrol car with a Sheridan field training officer and felt like a rookie in day one. <laughs> really? Really? Yes. There, uh, it's been a fantastic program. You Policing is vastly different. It, it's very similar um, on the ground level. But when you go to different communities, it's quite a bit different. I had a ton and still have a ton to learn about policing Sheridan. Um, I was blessed to have brought a lot of experience, so I, I get it very quickly. But uh, it, it's been eye-opening to me that there's so much more I need to learn. And uh, it's been a great time. I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the best aspects about a position like this is there is always something new. There is always something more to learn. So let's go into uh, into your experience. Uh, first, what inspired you in the very beginning to become an officer? Honestly, my neighbor. His name was, uh, name is, sorry, uh, Jim Dixon. He's the retired undersheriff for Las Vegas Metro Police. At the time, I was in the military and he was a SWAT sergeant. And there's an aura about the SWAT officers, mostly negative. Right. Um, he, he mentored me and talked to me like we were long lost friends and encouraged me and said, you know, pointed out what things that I had to offer the community in Las Vegas and really got me uh, pointed in the right direction and throughout my career in Las Vegas I would constantly keep in contact with him and ask for advice and uh, uh, he was a godsend for me. I think it's really interesting that you say that he mentored you from the perspective of you could offer this city so much instead of this city could offer you so much and, and and some people might not have picked that up but that says a lot a lot about both of you yeah, he's a great man so serving in vegas i mean holy cow uh <laughs> you know if if i were to sit here and say the three cities in the united states where i don't think i'd want to be a cop new york los angeles and las vegas what was it like well Honestly, when you get away from the strip and the casinos and the gambling, Las Vegas is a community like every other community in America. Um, It has its good neighborhoods, it has its bad neighborhoods, it has advantages, disadvantages. Um, The unique thing about Las Vegas is it is truly a 24-hour town. It's, that's not just window dressing, it's literally 
stores don't have locks on the doors because they never close, so there's no reason to have them. Um, so you're going 24-7 as a police officer. It never slows down. There is no... No downtime no at downtime all. No downtime because shift changes are constantly occurring. I mean, gambling in the casino industry is our main focus, basically the main focus for the entire state as a revenue producer. So shifts are starting in uh, different careers every hour. People are coming in just to make sure there's not massive turnover. It's just a seamless flow, and and the police department is very much run the same way. We interesting. Have, you know, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting over there. Like when you when people say like it's a 24-hour town, you think about like oh well, 6 a.m. they're off, we're on. 6 p.m. vice versa, but it can't really be done that way. No, it can't because just the sheer amount of traffic, Vegas exploded in growth and the infrastructure couldn't keep up. So they found the easiest way to do that is to roll shift changes every hour. So you have a portion of each team coming in offset by an hour and it, it really seemed to work. And the police department can't really run like that. We have three main shifts in Las Vegas, but they have officers on different smaller teams that cover that bridge the prime times to kind of stem the flow a lot of action tons <laughs> yeah tons. I'll, I'll tell you one thing honestly um in one year in las vegas as a graveyard patrol officer you out of once you get out of training they send you to graveyard because your detective resources are not available and it really uh, forces you to become an independent, functioning police officer. Your resources are the Nevada Revised Statutes, like here in Wyoming, the Wyoming Statutes, and uh, Lieutenant Keller spoke about the policy manual. I keep a policy manual, um, not only digitally, but in my patrol bag here. So if I have a question, I refer to those before I start asking other officers, and that's how they did it in Vegas. and. Uh, um, it, it just went 24-7, like, like I've already said it, but you learn so much in such a short time. And there's, so it, just real quick, the stark contrast in policing that you were talking about. Going from this fast-paced, uh, constantly going, uh, you know, and everyone knows Vegas, lights flashing, a uh, lot of drunk individuals, a lot of individuals under the influence of gosh knows what, um, angry uh, individuals, people who've lost everything, people who've won everything could probably be just as big as a problem, uh, to what we like to think is sleepy little Sheridan. Well, to, to put it in perspective, um, just a lot like Sheridan PD, most police departments are shorthanded. Uh, Vegas was short about one officer per thousand residents short amongst the national average so you're very busy we averaged four to five thousand calls for service a day that doesn't include traffic stops very similar to here uh, manning is much different we have so many more officers but it is a town of abundance whether it be gambling alcohol drugs um, and that bleeds over into a lot of family problems yeah and that's 
in, in my opinion, that is probably the majority of the calls that we went on for families all stemmed from some type of uh, access to addictive yeah. habits. It's it's just got to be really difficult, you know. In a town, and I'm not I'm not saying that Vegas promotes that type of stuff, but Vegas tends to promote it. It certainly gives the image of promoting that type of stuff, right? Uh, where that's it's a playground. It's an adult playground. It is, and that's probably the hardest thing for the police department is that it uh, it is promoted as you come here and have a blast, but the the police department has to clean up your mess. It's it shouldn't be come to Vegas and do whatever you want and get away with it. It's still a town that requires law and order and the citizens don't want all the drama. So it falls back on the shoulders, much like here, you know, when people get out of control, it's the, the police department has to step in and try to help out. Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, you got a lot of experience that you can share with our officers, and I greatly appreciate you. And uh, I also greatly appreciate the fact that when you, you show up here in Sleepy Little Sheridan, you know, well, it's a different police. Uh, it's a different policing strategy that needs to be uh, approached. And, and that's great, uh, as I said before, to work in a career where you think, boy, there's not much I haven't seen. And then you come to Sheridan, and you're like, wow, there's a lot I've got to learn. And I think that's fantastic, and it uh, also gives me hope that maybe one day I'll end up someplace. And <laughs> you know, even though you think you've seen everything, there's always room for more. Uh, so, uh, moving on, if someone wanted to join this organization, if they're like, you know what, that sound, that's right up my alley. I want to help the PD when I can, but I don't have a full time. What do they need to do? Yeah, so we're, we're excited to find those people now that we have this foundation laid and we've kind of been through the process with Mr. Mahalik and, and he can certainly help other people through that process too. We do have limited capacity, but we could probably take on another three probably tops reserve officers, but we know they're out there. There's some retired officers or a clergy member or school teacher or small business owner or something, you know, that, that would have the freedom and interest to do this. So we know they're out there and we're looking forward to finding them. Uh, they can just call the police department if anybody's interested and ask for me, Lieutenant Keller. Um, I can talk to them, any questions they would have about it, um, the requirements and commitments it, it entails. Um, if somebody's listening and just knows they want to do this, you can just go to the City of Sharon's website and find the uh, through the human resources link, find the application for police officer, but just write reserve um, when it says position desired, write reserve officer, we'll know. Now, I will say this about public service for, for certain individuals, it becomes addicting. Uh, you serve, uh, serve your community, you serve your country for a number of years, and uh, you get enough time in, and uh, you, you, you retire, but that, that desire to help really never goes away if you can, if you feel that you m maybe you don't have the physical prowess to be an officer there's other positions out there just real quick lt can you tell us a little bit about the the part-time dispatcher position this is something that i find fascinating because our dispatchers whoa talk about a, a group of individuals who were working all the time yeah, I would just, uh, I constantly you know, do it here on the air, take my hat off. We have the best group of dispatchers I've ever worked with right now. Just 
their positive attitude, their professionalism, their work ethic, um, sacrifices they make to keep that dispatch center running. They're employees of the city Sheridan Police Department, but they serve the whole county. They dispatch for every fire, every emergency, every medical situation, um, the sheriff's office. Uh, they help out with highway patrol stuff. Um, so while they are part of the team at the Sheridan Police Department, that dispatch center serves the whole community, and, and it, it runs on the, the back of their sacrifices and hard work, and, and they're doing such a great job. Um, to help staff that, we did develop a, a, a part-time position um, to kind of give them breaks when needed, help them be able to take their vacation times. And we're pretty excited about that. It, uh, if somebody wants to be a part-time dispatcher, it's a very flexible position um, as far as the hours, unless the when, when the, we need them to cover for a dispatcher, full-time dispatcher who's out on vacation or sick time or something like that. And all they got to do is just head on to the website, or, or do they contact you? Can no, they, they can if they have questions about it. it the schedule is a little tough to explain. You almost have to see it on paper to understand it, but it's it's so they can contact me if they have questions about that. Or, like, yes, yeah, so they can go to the human resources and get an application and fill it out. We'll contact them for testing. So there's another opportunity for you folks. If you want to serve your community, those individuals down at that dispatch, uh, as the LT was saying, boy, they work. Uh, they work really hard, and, and they serve the entire community. LT, officer, thank you both for your service to the city, and I want to thank you for your time today. Please be safe out there. Will do. Thanks for having us. All right. We're going to speak with Johnson County Commission Chairman Bill Novotny. When we return, you're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. it. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan Area Rural Fire is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. If you are looking for your new Wyoming home where breathtaking mountain views meet city conveniences, then look no further than Sheridan's newest development, Riverstone Park. Premier Builders Stone Mill and Cascade Dwellings have new homes under construction that are waiting just for you. Located near the new North Main Interchange, Riverstone Park boasts paved streets and full city amenities, making your daily life a breeze. Specializing in new construction single-family homes, Jenny Redinger is your real estate expert. Contact her today at yournewwyomminghome.com. It's all happening July 29th through August 7th at the Sheridan County Fair. Hi, this is Brittany Kurzalka with First Northern Bank of Wyoming, and we believe in the importance of agriculture and its future leaders. As your ag lending experts, we stand behind our youth, local farmers, and ranchers, and we understand the importance of agriculture in our community. Join us at the Sheridan County Fair for the shows and exhibits and the livestock sale on Monday, August 7th. Hope to see you there. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. 
This year at County Fair hourly update being presented apart by Black Tooth Large Animal Service, the Parkman Bar, Truebill Builders, Heartland Kubota, and McDonald's. The days are starting to fill up with events at the fair. Today, the dairy cattle will be in the pavilion, followed by the dairy goats. At 1 o'clock, the cat show will take place in the exhibit hall. At 4 o'clock, the swine will begin to arrive, and the swine weigh-in will take place from 5 to 9 tonight. ShareToMedia.com live streaming many of the events on our website at ShareToMedia.com or posting footage of the event on our Everything County Fair channel. Click on that banner. Tell all your friends. All events are subject to change at a moment's notice. This Sheridan County Fair hourly update presented in part by Harlan Kubota, the Parkman Bar, Truebill Builders, McDonald's, and Blacktooth Large Animal Service. Keep listening for daily updates every day during the fair. Go to our website, ShredaMedia.com, for the Everything County Fair channel banner. Click on that. You'll see live streaming schedules, photo galleries, and a lot more. This Sheridan County Fair update right here on this station and online at ShredaMedia.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Johnson County Fair is in full swing. Joining us for the second half of the program this morning from the Johnson County Fairgrounds is Johnson County Commission Chairman, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, Chairman. Hey, good morning, Floyd. And sorry, it took me a couple of minutes to step out. We were in the middle of the pig show. And I run a pig board out in that pig show, and so we had to finish the class so I could step out and jump on the phone with you. It is all right, sir. I knew exactly where you were and what you were doing. Uh, how long have you held that pig board out there? Uh, well, this will be the 15th fair that I've been on the board, and we split our pig show up. So in the morning, the kids do showmanship, and then in the evening, we'll do uh, the market show. So about six hours on the pig board today <laughs> six hours on a pig board that's not something a lot of people could say they've done how's fair been going so far you know it's fantastic and mother nature has really cooperated with us we have a bumper crop of kids out here a bumper crop of exhibits in our exhibit hall you know one of the cool things about johnson county 4-h is the fact that we have one in three kids that are enrolled in school participate in our 4-h program we have over 350 kids uh of those 350 kids, our most popular project is actually shooting sports. We've got over 100 kids that are involved in the shooting sports program. And there are some real good, great dead eyes over there. Uh, I, I covered some of the shooting sports uh, when I was working at the paper in that area. And, uh, boy, it was it was really great to get out there and see those kids develop their skill, to see the skills that they do have. Uh, you know, some of them, they, they rivaled some of the military shooters that I used to watch. Now, yesterday was Sheep Day. Did they get a lot of participants in the Sheep Lead this year? That was always an event that I, I really enjoyed attending. It was. The Sheep Lead was last night, a great event. Of course, uh, you've got the, the older kids who actually sew their own garments or, or that younger division where maybe it's grandma or mom who puts together their outfit, and then they got to match the sheep, walk that sheep around the ring, and, and the sheep gets judged, the kid gets judged, uh, just a wonderful community event. And, of course, the uh, Johnson County Wool Growers do a free lamb feed with that, so you can introduce folks that maybe aren't familiar with uh, lamb and, and how it tastes so they can have a free lamb meal before that kicks off. Uh, one of the nice things that we also do at that event every year uh, in honor of Bonnie Ellenwood, who was our longtime extension educator, we give out the Bonnie Ellenwood Award for excellence in 
uh, youth development. Uh, and this year we gave that to Anita Bartlett from KC. She works for the NRCS, but Anita is just such an incredible community member down there. She runs um, the food bank. She started a community orchard, a community garden, and, and she's a incredible photographer. And um, she's even been granted a, pass, a press pass from the Wyoming Press Association to cover the KC kids and all their sports because, of course, they don't have a paper down there. So Anita gets to uh, report on all those kids. She does senior pictures for the kids, just an unsung hero down there. So that's always a nice touch uh, to remember our, our dear friend, Bonnie Ellenwood. Absolutely. And congratulations, Anita. Uh, well deserved. Uh, and I, I really love the fact that you guys can recognize individuals like that who put in so much time and effort for the kids. Uh, in small communities like that, if it wasn't for people like that, there'd be a lot of things that were missed. So what's going on uh, at the fair today, sir? Well, of course, it started with the pig show, and then they'll break. Uh, and then till the middle of the day, they'll have goat show and a couple of other items, and then start it back up at 5 o'clock with the market show for pigs. So just a, another beautiful day. Of course, tomorrow evening they'll start Slack for our rodeo performance uh, that's on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll have the youth rodeo on Friday. Uh, and also probably every commissioner's favorite contest, which uh, is, is a touchy one, and that is the commissioners judge the pies in the pie contest on Friday. And you want to see some real politicking between uh, the folks that break those, bring those ties in. <laughs> wow, it is incredible. And the reigning champion is Claudia Elliott. Uh, she'll tell you that her secret is that she puts vanilla extract in her crust. Ooh. And so we're expecting a great entry from her uh, and just a, a wonderful set of events here. You know, what's so cool, Johnson County actually has the oldest fair uh, in the state. Uh, we've got an incredible facility here that uh, is used year-round, not just this week of fair. Um, tremendous investment in this facility, uh, and it just pays so many dividends for our community. And it really shows if you go out there to the, the Johnson County Fairgrounds. It is a beautiful facility, and I really enjoyed uh, all the room, uh, especially with the static exhibits and the work that so many individuals put into those. I haven't been able to make it over as of yet. I was hoping to go with the wife tonight. Are the exhibit halls pretty full this year? They are. Now, I will say that the, the gardening side was a little bit tougher this year. Uh, and so the, the entries on, on homegrown produce is. Oh, did I lose you, sir? All right. I, I think I may have lost him. Uh, we'll go to a quick commercial here and uh, we'll try to get uh, Commissioner Novotny back on the phone. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan Area Rural Fire is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. 
We had to take a quick commercial break there. We lost signal with our uh, county commission chairman, Bill Novotny, over in Johnson County. He is currently at the Johnson County Fair. It is in full swing. We'll just continue right where we were talking. We were talking about the uh, static exhibits this year and how uh, some of the gardening uh, has has uh, not been as strong this year due to weather and other issues. What else we got going on, sir? You know, one of the coolest shows that we have out here, Floyd, is actually the Wolf Show. Uh, and so the ranchers all across Johnson County bring in their best fleeces. Uh, they were judged uh, on Monday by Dr. Allison Crane, who is the executive director of the Wyoming Wool Growers Association. So stop in uh, and see the wool show. Uh, the, the wool, the quality of fleeces that are being put out in Johnson County is just incredible. Of course, then that goes on to help support businesses in our county like Mountain Metal Wool that are working on a product that is ready for the consumer, uh, whether it's the blankets and garments that they make or, or the, the um, different yarns that they make that if people want to knit. So just an incredible uh, wool display in addition to all those other great statics. Of course, Friday you'll have that Johnson County Youth Rodeo where all the young folks are, are given a chance to live their rodeo dreams and compete in all the traditional events plus a few of the others like a goat tail tying and uh, they've got calf riding and and steer riding because we don't quite put those kids on bulls but just some great opportunities for kids to live their rodeo dreams and and, uh, work on being that cowboy that maybe makes it to the wild rodeo like our own uh, Cole Reiner who started at the Johnson County Youth Rodeo so just a, a great great opportunity to see the wonderful kids in our county here putting on their very best. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one thing that I've always enjoyed my family uh, ever since I was a little boy. I used to ride calves. And so the youth rodeo over there in Lincoln County was a yearly event that uh, all of us attended. And then, of course, as we got older, all the grandkids started uh, joining in there, too. It's kind of become a, a family tradition. And so it's great to see that that is something that is pretty much all over uh, Wyoming, and you can catch it over there at Johnson County right now. Now, sir, there is going to be a sale to raise money for the kids uh, at the end, kind of a 4-H sale. Well, do, you, uh, do you know when that's going to be happening and people can head on over there? It is. So on Saturday evening, they'll start around 5 with a free dinner for the buyers, uh, and then that sale will kick off at 7. Uh, we've got some interesting entries, of course, you have all different types of products uh, and projects that kids can take. So I believe they're going to actually, this year, there will be a pin of rabbits that are going to be sold as well as poultry. Uh, and then they'll move into uh, meat, goats, steers, uh, lambs, and pigs. Uh, wonderful opportunity. We raised over $600,000 last year, and our kids here only sell one animal. Uh, and so when you quantify that number over uh, a couple hundred kids putting in these exhibits, that's real money that they can put towards college education, uh, maybe next year's project, uh, or buying their school clothes. So just a tremendous way for the, the business community uh, across this region to get out there and support our wonderful kids and recognize the hard work that they put in. You know, our steer kids are, are looking at their calves for next year right now. Of course, the other projects will start a little later, whether you have a pig or a lamb, because those haven't even um, been thought of yet. But just a wonderful way to allow these kids to continue uh, on in their ag experience or uh, if they're headed off to college to put a little money in their pocket uh, to help them 
for their, their education. So please come support those kids at the Junior Livestock Sale. It is a great event. It's an opportunity to fill your freezer with top-quality product uh, that you can enjoy. And actually, it's, it's pretty economical when you look at after you get it processed. Uh, you could have a whole steer in your freezer. Absolutely. And and I'm I'm glad that you really put forth that the business community and, and so many generous individuals go out there. Uh, because when I started reporting in this area, that is one thing that really, really shocked me with the amount of just generosity that is shown during these stock sales. So, folks, make sure you go out there because you are supporting the ranchers, the farmers, the growers of tomorrow. You're supporting them today through this sale. In a lot of ways, this is how these kids uh, benefit from all the hard work. And as, as the chairman has said, a lot of this goes to uh, education. Uh, next year's project, things that just further it all down the line. Sir, i got to change uh, subjects on you real quick. i only got about three minutes left. Tuesday afternoon, Johnson County Commission adopted Resolution 710. This is nothing controversial. This is just the county fire warden gets to make decisions concerning implementation and lifting of fire restrictions. The only reason I bring this up, sir, is did the deputy fire warden say anything to you about the potential Potential for fire this year due to the amount of precipitation that we got at the beginning of the summer a lot of us have talked about the growth uh, spurts that have really happened we got a lot of fuel that may be out there uh, did he say anything he did it, and but we're evaluating that day by day for the potential of catastrophic wildfire so we just really want to caution folks uh, if you're out recreating in that ATV don't drive it out into tall grass or park it there um, be fire wise. Make sure your campfire is fully extinguished because with the amount of fuel that we have in these hot days, it's drying out very, very quickly. And so we've given our fire warden the flexibility that uh, if something happens tomorrow uh, and they need to make a quick decision before the commissioners meet again in two weeks, we have given them the authority. The other thing that's really important there is we get into the fall. Let's say that we have a situation where we get a, a, a snowstorm. And we would still have fire restrictions in place. That allows those restrictions to be taken off more quickly, which helps during hunting season. So um, it's critical that we did that. At this point, we do not believe that we are in need of fire restrictions, but we just ask people to please be vigilant out there so that we don't have a catastrophic wildfire, whether it's on the forest or down here on the lowlands. You can get those grasses burning, uh, and it is quite dangerous. And very expensive. Chairman, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to be with us and speak with us. Thanks. Always appreciate you, sir. All right, folks, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share. Sheridan County Fair, one of the many highlights of summer events in Sheridan.
fair and livestock exhibitions are the foundation for agricultural promotion and a time to remind everyone of the key role that agriculture plays in our local economy and daily lives. It provides opportunities for youth and adult education. The First Federal Bank and Trust family would like to extend congratulations to all the youth that participate each year. Community is the heart of First Federal. First Federal Bank and Trust, committed to our community for over 88 years. Member FDIC. Tomorrow's a big day at Sheridan County Fair. Get ready for some fun. Open class exhibits are all due tomorrow, so get them to the exhibit hall by 5.30 p.m. Thursday kicks off with the Swine Show at 9, and there's plenty of things happening all week at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. While you're there, make sure to stop in at the exhibit hall and check out all the exhibits on display. Tomorrow will be another fun and enjoyable day at the Sheridan County Fair. Hope to see you there. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. It's your comfort zone, your place to unwind. So why not have it exactly how you want it? That's right. It's time to spruce up your home. Are you thinking about a countertop remodel in your kitchen, bar, or bathroom, or adding a custom stone bar, outdoor fireplace, or hot tub with beautiful stone surrounds? Sheridan Custom Stone is here to make it a reality. Visit Sheridan Custom Stone at 1765 South Sheridan Avenue today to start your dream project. The Sheridan County Fair hourly update being presented in part by Black Tooth Large Animal Service, the Parkman Bar, Truebill Builders, Heartland Kubota, and McDonald's. The days are starting to fill up with events at the fair. Today, the dairy cattle will be in the pavilion, followed by the dairy goats. At 1 o'clock, the cat show will take place in the exhibit hall. At 4 o'clock, the swine will begin to arrive, and the swine weigh-in will take place from 5 to 9 tonight. SheridanMedia.com live streaming many of the events on our website at SheridanMedia.com or posting footage of the event on our Everything County Fair channel. Click on that banner. Tell all your friends. All events are subject to change at a moment's notice. This Sheridan County Fair hourly update presented in part by Harlan Kubota, the Parkman Bar, Truebill Builders, McDonald's, and Black Tooth Large Animal Service. Keep listening for daily updates every day during the fair. Go to our website, SheridanMedia.com, for the Everything County Fair channel banner. Click on that. You'll see live streaming schedules, photo galleries, and a lot more. This Sheridan County Fair update right here on this station and online at SheridanMedia.com. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM.